Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to the EM360 podcast. This is a weekly conversation with leaders that are impacting and reshaping the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Kevin Petrie. I'm today's guest host. Really pleased to be here. I'm also the VP of research at Eckerson Group, a boutique research and consulting firm focused exclusively on data analytics. In today's episode, I'm joined by Tucker Calloway, CEO at Mesmo, and we're here to talk about taking control of telemetry data. So Tucker, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on, Kevin. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. This should be a, a great conversation. We uh, we do a lot of research on data management, best practices, data ops disciplines, and so forth. And and we also know from a lot of clients that as they move to hybrid cloud environments and so forth, performance, security, things get tricky fast. So observability of infrastructure is critical. And and I love um, I love the story that you have. So let, let let's dig in. How perhaps you can tell us a little bit about Mesmo and and how we got here. What what prompted you to um, to bring Mesmo to where it is now? And then we'll dig into more about the telemetry pipeline opportunity. Yeah, great. I'm I'm looking forward to the conversation too. I think there's a very interesting intersection between this telemetry data and the data ops space. So I think coming from those two different angles will will give us a great conversation today. So looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, so in terms of the origin story, though, it's it's pretty interesting. So I am, um, so I've been the CEO of of Mesmo, which actually when I joined was called BlogDNA for about four years now. And through the first couple of years of that, we, um, you know, of course, we're engaging super deeply with our customers to drive value for them. And we were a, we were essentially a log management provider. And, um, you know, not everyone heard of us, but um, but we, we actually operated at, at, at surprisingly large scale. We were the log management backend for the entire IBM cloud. So you imagine the type of customers we're serving through IBM there is just gave us this really rich set of experiences and an incredibly large global multiple data center deployment of this. And at, at the same time, we also had a number of contract customers and self-service customers. So we're really kind of looking at this log management problem across a really broad perspective of the market, um, which was a really interesting kind of vantage point to have. And, uh, and so we spent, I spent, you know, two years, Doing that, and one of the things we consistently get into in in the space of telemetry data, uh, you know, and us starting from the perspective of the logs portion of telemetry data, is the the challenge the challenges people have managing this data. Like telemetry data is very different than your typical business type of data, and so we saw people struggling with the the volume and growth of the data, which which ultimately translated to cost. We saw them um, struggling with um, their desire to get more value out of the data. Like it's a, it's a very tricky, there's a lot of needle in a haystack at times in, in telemetry. A, a tremendous amount of data is generated by machines and, and, and it's really hard to manage and, and make sense of that data and all the different services that combine into it. So, so we found through that, through, through like working through our own operations and then thinking deeply about the operations of our customers and what they needed, we feel like I felt like the the industry needs a shift, and that shift needs to be more towards 
um, enterprises taking more control and more ownership of their data. And in order to do that, they needed to consolidate the collection and management of that data so that we could look at the data in real time, have control of that data, and get it to the right destinations and locations while gathering additional insights from the data. While it's a motion, we felt like that there's a big there's a big shift in the market there, and, and that's been um, that's been like rewarded. We see we see that change. It's early. We're really early in this kind of telemetry pipeline market. Of course, data pipelines have been around for a while, but the specific applications of telemetry pipelines is uh, is, is early, but um, just has a great opportunity. I'm actually at the Gartner conference right now, and it's it's uh, it, for for the yeah for where we are in the space. It's actually a very very top of mind for a lot of people. So we're excited to see it evolving. So um, let's unpack this a little bit. The the telemetry pipelines, um, when I hear telemetry pipelines, uh, I, I think of, of all sorts of aspects of a cloud, a multi-cloud, hybrid infrastructure, um, load balancers, clusters, uh, virtual private networks, all kinds of things that are throwing off all sorts of logs, metrics, traces. And um, it seems there's a whole lot of noise, not enough signal, as you pointed out with the needle in a haystack analogy. Um, maybe you could break down, what, what do we mean by telemetry pipeline? Yeah, I mean, so kind of like you, you touched on something that's a very strong core belief for us. And by the way, in, in addition to all of the things you mentioned, you also have all the custom applications that are being um, uh, created by, um, you know, by these enterprises to, to deliver services to their customers that throw off their own set of logs. Right, and you have endpoints, and you have, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and it's only getting more complex, and there's only more and more data being created. But but we start, before I'll get into the telemetry, but we start with this, we call it like the, the cost value, um, the cost curve problem. And that's the, that is that the cost of collecting and storing telemetry data is growing at a rate that's faster than the, than the value that's being received out of it. And so this telemetry data is really unique in its, in its, in how it presents itself in that a lot of times you don't care. Like it's not data, you, it's not data you really want. And then all of a sudden the context changes and you need it more than you need anything else in the world, right? Like you have a, right, you're kind of, I don't care about it, I don't care about it. And then you have a performance issue and you want to figure out what happened. Now you care because it's impacting your customers. Or imagine you're like storing all your DNS logs or something like that. And you don't, that's just a bunch of noise until you need to do threat hunting. And then all of a sudden you need every little piece of data. You need the full fidelity data um, in front of you to, to determine if you've been compromised or not. Right. So, so that, that's kind of like a really interesting kind of macro standpoint of, of some of the challenges that are presented with this type of data. And then if you drill down a step further from that, then you have the way this data has been managed. I, I would argue that, as an industry, we've we've taken control of our applications and we've taken control of our infrastructure, but we haven't taken control of our data yet. And, and that that's because of the way a lot of the tool chains have evolved, they typically work in a very dedicated agent or whatever collector you're using to pipeline, to storage, to analysis. If I want to just generalize an observability or a cybersecurity solution like this, this pipeline is being implemented over and over by by all of the vendors that are collecting, storing, and analyzing this data across the space, and so um, that, that creates a tax for the for the enterprise too. That's being collected so many times. For example, the average enterprise has over six observability tools, 
right? So this, the idea that they have one tool is just not there, right? So, so that means if you're analyzing the same data and you have six tools, you're collecting a lot of it six times. And so just think about the compounding tax on that. So, so that brings us to like, what is, what is a telemetry pipeline? And telemetry pipeline basically um, will we'll take, heavily manage the collection, but it does all the, the transformation and routing of telemetry data to the right destinations, right? So an example of that might be if you're collecting a, a large amount of telemetry data from a collector, whether it be ours or Otel or, or Splunk or whoever you're collecting it from, the majority of that data you don't need to put into an expensive de uh, destination tool. That's not actually, it's not actually useful. Um, and what you would, which a better solution is to actually sample or reduce or filter what you put in those expensive and highly valuable, but expensive destinations. And you're better off storing the balance of that data into uh, like an S3 bucket, for example. And that can, that could be a huge cost savings for a customer. And that, that might be a great place for them to store it for an extended period of time and just really manage how they think about that needle in the haystack or how they think about that cost curve problem. So again, the, the telemetry pipeline goes back to like this, this, um, this capability that is a very strategic control point in an enterprise that's owned by a customer that puts the power of managing their telemetry data, what destinations it goes to, what transformations, what insights you get out of that data in the hands of our customers, not in the hands of the multiple vendors that they consume, that they get the analysis of the data from. So I have to ask the fundamental question, and I'll, I'll lead the witness a little bit because I have my own thoughts, but if we rewind 15, 20 years, um, I have on my bookshelf, Nicholas Carr's book, Does IT Matter? And so this, there was this whole idea that if you can move to the cloud, don't worry about IT. It's going to be it's going to be okay. It's going to get simple, and um, that's not what happened. <laughs> so we've now created new types of roles. We've shifted problems from on premises to the cloud. Um, some of the reasons seem to be that they're often multiple clouds. Customers, as you said, are building their own custom applications on top and creating new interdependencies. You've got a long tail of stuff that remains on premises. But why is it? Why is this stuff so hard? Why is performance and security such a concern? And 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 it, it seems counter to the original proposition of data modernization. Yeah, I mean, I I think we really kind of recreated a, the problem in a different form. I've actually been in enterprise software for uh, for um, I don't know <laughs> a long time, twenty five years now. You know, going from implementations to SEs to sales to, you know, like all kinds of different customer facing roles, watching and working closely with large enterprises struggling through this. And of course, you know, like anyone who's been around as long as I have, we, we started in this very controlled, um, uh, you know, data center world, right? I remember when I would, you know, work closely with people in data center migrations and we talk about improving your operational performance as you move to the data center. Like you just, you don't want a new building with fresh paint on the walls, but you want you want to actually use your moves to to drive operational efficiency and improvements and but you know the 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 the, the structured and kind of uh, I mean like the the kind of structured and constrained nature of that didn't suit the the business opportunity and so we you know we've had of course this massive cloud transformation migration that's been going on for a while and still has a ways to go but that's 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 recreated so many problems for us in just totally different forms and in fact. I think in many ways they're they're much harder to manage forms, you know. Like they're we've given up an amount of control in exchange for flexibility, 
And so the way we think about managing that, I, I don't think it's evolved to meet with, especially at the data level, but I don't think it's evolved to meet with the form that applications or services, I should say, probably are being delivered in today. It, uh, it is funny how um, I have a colleague who observed, and I think he was quoting someone, that we don't necessarily solve problems. We just, if, if we're lucky, we say we replace big problems with small problems or change what the problems are. Yeah. And so yeah. that creates opportunity. Look, I, but, uh, I'm on like my fourth wave of observability right now, personally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, everyone's like observability is a new thing. I was like, it feels, it feels, I know there's fun, you know, like, like theoretical differences, but I feel like I've been trying to work with people to solve a lot of these monitoring and observability problems for, for a pretty good period of time now. <laughs> so, and uh, hopefully we're slowly making progress. So if we look at, yeah, we've defined telemetry pipelines. We've looked at the the sort of the macro problem of why this is so hard. Um, and maybe you could sort of break out if you look at different roles, uh, site reliability engineers, DevOps folks, um, cloud ops, IT ops. How are how are these? What are the challenges these roles are playing, and how do telemetry pipelines um, help them? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the roles are, are as I've observed, I, I spent a long time in the early days of DevOps um, when I was at Chef Software. When we were a real kind of uh, front runner in the DevOps movement. Um, and, you know, my, I was there for four years. And um, in the early days, no one knew what DevOps was. We were very much evangelizing. And then, and then the, the, the back half of that experience, we were really helping people make these migrations. And I think these roles are still in flux, right? Because the the infrastructure and the data and everything is still in flux and we've got like really great new developments. So I think, I think to start with the roles and the people are still in flux, like is what's the difference between an SRE and an IT ops person, right? Well, you know, fundamentally and foundationally, there's a lot of meaningful differences, but like so many times we, we just give new titles to things, but we don't really change it. Like we can change the titles of the people, but if we don't change the tools and the, and the process that support them, it can be very challenging. So, but it isn't as it gets into the the world of data, specifically telemetry data. I think what you have is a lot of confused ownership right now, and uh, and then you have all these. You have a combination of like these these challenges, opportunities, and and some confusion on sorting through where the ownership really lies there. And I I, I think that's one of the the big roles that Mesmo will continue to play in the future is helping people sort that out. One of the ways you help people sort that out is you give them tools and process and governance in order to enforce that. Like an example is there are so many consumers of telemetry data across the, the, um, the, um, the roles that you just listed there, including business analysts and people that want to get, get insights from the data. Like we've found, that there's a lot of very unique business insights we can gather from telemetry data, like how many how many people were trying to get a ticket um, at an airport that um, that like didn't successfully go through, right? There's there's a lot of challenges in terms of gathering that data. So, um, so I, I think I think it presents different importance in in all different fields. Like so, for example, some people like an SRE is very concerned with the availability of the systems. Right, and the availability of systems and their ability to manage that is highly dependent upon the data you have on the system. So, having the right data in the right place at the right time, 
It can also be very helpful to combine streams of data and not wait for them to hit the destination and gain new insights that, that, that provide visibility into the performance of the systems while it's in motion. Like, so for example, if you had something that was like the CPU was spiking at the same time that a different feed was telling you that um, there was an unauthorized access to a particular server, the combination of those two things gives you a very unique insight into the performance and potentially the security threats that are happening against that data. So, so I think each one of those roles is going to look at a different set of importance. Some people, I'm, I'm always shocked by this. It's still very challenging. And I think this is probably true because of the cloud environment for an enterprise to say that I can guarantee that the data that's being sent downstream is PII compliant. Like you would think that would be a very well solved problem in the market today, but because of all the dynamicism of the cloud, you can't do that. So with something like a telemetry pipeline, it gives you a central data control flow um, control point where you can put a step in there that ensures before it even comes into our system that all the data entering the system is PI compliant. And then therefore all your downstream systems are, are then, are then going to be compliant because you, you, at the collection point, you've enforced the policy or you've enforced governance. So yeah, so it's it's exciting. It, it's um, it, because it's evolving so fast too. It's like we find new use cases and new relevance to each of these roles every day. So um, this is great. So if if we apply the the data ops lens to this uh, discipline and what's required to really optimize these telemetry pipelines, at Eckerson Group we've defined um, four elements to data ops. Uh, one is CI/CD, so continuous integration, continuous deployment, um, or delivery. CI/CD. Another is testing of pipeline code. Um, a third is monitoring and optimization, and then the fourth would be uh, orchestrating and automating different pipelines so that they can work together. Um, how does that framework apply to the discipline of telemetry pipeline optimization? You know, I think I think it applies a, a lot as as this evolves. We've when when we we started with a customer problem, and the customer problem was really threefold that we're trying to solve, or the uh, the, the value we can deliver to customers. The the first is that they have a desire to reduce the cost of their data. The second is they want to ensure the compliance of their data, and the third is they want to get new value or new insights out of the data. So that was kind of the starting point. That seems like it seems pretty straightforward, right? Like that 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 seems like something everyone can agree with those three things, um, and, right? Like no problem. Let's go do that, right? And, and w- when we think about that, we call that the data optimization phase. What we found was that you can't do that unless you understand your data, right? And I, I think the, I think some of this really probably maps into your four categories as well. Like if you don't understand the characteristics of your data, if you don't see where duplication is happening. If you don't see where, if you can't see where, which applications are creating a large amount of data, it's very hard to make decisions on how to optimize it. Like everyone would agree with those three premises, but they would kind of just look at us and say, yeah, great, that sounds awesome, but I don't know what to do. I don't understand this data. I'm, I'm, this data is being created by engineers, it's, it's being by de- um, developers, it's being created by all these composite services. And, and I think all those things have to ultimately be plugged into like a CI/CD pipeline, right? You want to have continuous delivery. In fact, one of the things we just we just released was the ability to define your pipelines as code, so that an engineer as they're thinking about their CI/CD practice, you know, like you have your infrastructure as code, you have your application, you have your pipeline as code to make sure that you have the ability to manage the data layer 
and the data routing and the destinations for that as well. So, so I think it absolutely applies. When, when, when I extrapolate understanding your data, I think that's the foundation for testing, right? And it's a foundation for monitoring. Like you have to understand it to know what to expect. You have to understand it to know what to test. You have to understand it to baseline it. You have to understand it to start to think about drift detection. Um, like what, how is the data drifting, which is, which is really testing and monitoring are a lot of times very closely related to each other. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I haven't mapped it into those, those four categories, but I could see very easily how like just these, these general data engineering principles, these data op principles apply. Like, in fact, as we, if we look at it as a, just from the problem space of our customers, we realized everything we were implementing was actually data engineering capabilities. And it makes sense if you think about it, like, like we're not, we're not here to reinvent or, or reinvent data ops, for example. We're here to solve the unique problems of telemetry data by applying all the discipline and the best practices of data engineering or data ops and making sure that's tailored to the workflow of the SRE or the platform engineer or all the, and all the other roles that you mentioned. Because those are, those are, different, those are different roles and they have different goals than your, your typical general data engineer or your general data ops person. And the type of data is just different too. It, just takes, it has a different type of performance to it. So, um, so this is great. So the, the, a telemetry pipeline, like any pipeline, has sources and targets and lives in a larger architectural environment. Tell us about that environment and how you're plugging into observability tools to solve the big bucket problems of performance and security. Yeah. So the the yeah, it is a big bucket problem. I mean, and, and I might mean that a little bit differently than you did. It's like the big bucket of like, hey, these are big giant categories. It's a big of yeah, but it also becomes a big bucket of data. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so like yes. the you so in, inevitably like we had one of our early kind of kind of uh, companies that was that was advising us in the shift, and one of the comments they made is that like you know the cost of data will eat you out of the cloud. You know, like they were, they were getting to a point where their cloud data costs were as high as their cloud infrastructure costs. And so, so I think a, a big role we play is giving people increased, um, higher, increased but higher quality data in those observability and cybersecurity tools. Like we're not here to disrupt the cybersecurity space or the observability space so much as to make it better you know, to make it more efficient so that, so that when you're making these trade-offs of, um, when, when you make these data trade-offs, you're effectively making visibility trade-offs. Like if you say, I'm not going to collect that data, you're basically saying, I'm not going to have visibility into this part of my infrastructure or into this segment of my application. And so by giving higher quality data, to, which is effectively optimizing for those destinations, we, we really empower the customer to do better observability and better cybersecurity. And then, then if, I, if I think about the pillars, I mentioned optimize and understand. If you want to look at that as a flow, understand is the first step, optimize is the second step. And the third and final step is, of course, responding. And one I've, I've made reference to a couple of times to the uniqueness of telemetry data. Well, one of the uniquenesses, as I, I think I mentioned in the beginning, is that the context switch and how you think about that data switch Switches. And so it's very nerve wracking for someone to say, okay, I understand it. Now I've optimized it, but what if I over-optimized? I could, I could be creating blind spots that really compromise my 
my my security posture or my um, or my observability coverage, right? And so the respond phase, and you know, we call it a responsive pipeline, can take external events and respond to those events, which might mean that I'm like sampling and I'm only passing along 10% of my data until I understand that there is a, um, a performance event, at which point I want to reprocess the last eight hours of data and turn the performance of my tool, of my data flow, to um, actually provide all of the data while you're in an incident. And maybe at that point in time, you're like, wow, look, I know I'm in an incident. I know I've got errors. I don't really need to, I can suppress my error logs now. I'm going to save by kind of, by taking some of the, you know, the, the, the negative signals out that I don't need because I already know and, and really optimize and, and, um, and focus on higher, the highest quality data needed at that point in time. And then when the incident's over, I can turn it back to my normal working procedure. So, so I think, you know, in terms of making observability and security better, it's really about the quality of data that you provide to it. And uh, we, we're just scratching the surface on this, but I, I think there's also something very interesting when you think about the AI space and you think about the, the need for clean prepped current data in an LLM, I think that's, that's a really exciting opportunity too. And it just shows that, that how early we are in telemetry data, how important it is for enterprises to take control and think about their data as a product, as something that they own, not something that they kind of advocate to the vendors that they choose to, to, to create and consume this data because there's so much leverage they can get out of the efficient and optimized use of it. Um, agree completely, uh, in particular, on the, the, the need that AI is creating for timely, accurate data, because so many of these instances, <laughs> Gen AI and others, are, are real-time. Um, so so to, to sort of tie this off, help us understand which tools you're plugging into and how the user interacts with with you, because it's it's really through Datadog or or Splunk or others, is is that correct? And maybe talk about that. Yeah, I mean, we're so we're, we're so we're not there to disrupt necessarily the the usage of Datadog so much as to optimize it to make it more efficient. Um, I do think though that maybe if I look a little further out, I think there's something interesting for us to think about as an industry, which is like the the model. If you think about enterprises really wanting to own their data. And you extrapolate this out, you know, a number of years. If you really own your data, some of those models, as they've evolved, like a Splunk or a Datadog model, don't really work. And the reason I'd say they don't really work is you're basically giving your data to Datadog, and Datadog then has a combined data store and analysis capability. I would love to see the industry evolve um, in, a, in, in a different way, and I think it would be a really interesting opportunity for people where. Like I love what um, Snowflake is doing this in the security space. Like you, you can you have your Snowflake, you have your data lake, and you buy different tools that sit on top of that to do analysis instead of combining the storage and the analysis together. I think there's a feature opportunity where we let the people who are really good at storage and really good at, at storing this data do that. We let the people who are really really good at doing the analysis do that on top of that that storage. Which, which creates a, a very strategic control point around the data pipeline, which is the collection of the data and how it gets delivered. And so making that transition actually requires this control point I've been referring to. But, but in, at the end of the day, like our, to answer your question, though, the destinations are really focused on data lakes internally uh, for whatever purpose those are used for. And that, that varies. It's 
the destination is absolutely your traditional cybersecurity and, and observability vendors. And I, I really like the future opportunity if you think about what like Hunters or Securonics is doing from a SIM perspective, <coughs> excuse me, on top of a Snowflake database. Um, I think there's really interesting opportunities um, to, to kind of right size. Like it's interesting, if you're storing the data, you've got to make a margin on that data as a vendor. So if you're if you're consuming data that's stored by a vendor, you're necessarily paying you know some pretty meaningful markup yeah. on that data just for the just for the benefit of analysis. I just think that's as, as the data grows, that's going to start to. I think that's why we see massive data dog bills. You know, I think it's why we see massive splunk bills is because their customers are eating the cost of both the storage as well as the, as the analysis and the and the and like the realities of the business markup people need to have on that. Like it feels like that breaks over time. Yeah. Um, great stuff. So, so Tucker, thank you so much for joining us. I've gotten smarter and really appreciate you, uh, coming on. Um, and I'll appreciate everyone listening. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity to, to share our story. It's uh it's a lot of fun. We're very passionate about it. And it's always great to learn more too. So thanks for your time, Tim. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. You can follow the conversation on social at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also find great daily content at EM360Tech.com.